podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome, lovely listener, to the Anfield Index podcast. It's episode 279 and I'm Trev Denny, podcasting to you from my field here in beautiful rural Ireland. And in a change of lineup this week, I am joined as ever by Carl Kopak, but producer Guy Drinkle is going to join us as a contributor as well this week. So it's a nice sort of little jazz improvised setup we've got here um, for this week's show. And it's going to be an interesting show because we are responding to quite a lot of stuff that's happening in the world. Uh, specifically, of course, we're going to have to address that thing, the 7-2. But there's so much other stuff to talk about. We're going to focus on the games that are coming up. And we're going to focus on Liverpool-related and tangential issues. Uh, but I want to start, as ever, by just seeing if anyone has any opening thoughts. I have a thing for when you boys are uh, quite uh, ready and and, and and have introduced whatever you want to introduce. And Guy, by the way, I, I understand that we um, just roped you in at the last minute, so don't feel under any pressure to have anything there. Carl, what have you got for us? Uh, now, what you've done there, Trevor, is you've assumed that I had something planned. <laughs> we're, off to, we're off to a great start here. We yes. really are. Uh, what what are my opening thoughts going to be? Uh, I would say, um, just because you lose one game heavily, it doesn't mean that's the end of the world. Would you say that will be the general tenor of your approach to this podcast? Yes. Okay, that's nice. And I'd also add by my books. Uh, beautifully. Beautifully cynical and um, um, opportunistic. Uh, opportunistic as hell. And also, uh, ladies and gentlemen, Carl Kopak is going to be the optimist of the podcast. So I'm sorry. Uh, I'm, I'm, Come aboard my bus, children. I'm really sorry. <laughs> children, children, get on Carl's bus. Damn I'm it. the Pied Piper of joy. He's going to drive you right off that little bumpy <laughs> thing. Um, yeah, uh, let's. I've got I've got pictures of of of, uh, of of Dirty Harry in my head for some reason. But uh, <laughs> uh, row, guy, row, row your boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> guy, as I say, we had to we roped you in the last minute, and we're very appreciative of you joining us. So um, I'm not going to expect you to have anything prepped. But uh, what way are you? How's that thing sitting with you now? What are we now? We it's Wednesday, so we're you know, nearly three days away from it at this stage. How How's it sitting on your shoulders at this point? Badly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's still there. <laughs> it's a, international break. does not help. <laughs> it, it just, you're just stewing in it for two weeks and then you're watching every player in the world get COVID and it's like, oh, this is great. Just yeah. watch my team get spanked and now every player's got COVID and we can't play football. And I'm going to, have to watch England v Wales on Thursday. I'm looking yeah. forward to it, you know. Why? Because I can't like <laughs> Wales. <laughs> oh God, it's got, it's got absolutely nothing, nothing whatsoever to do with um, with, with England. But no, but um, I'm sort of quite intrigued by Welsh football. I sort of always had a slight interest for it. Well, we have a playoff. Our Republic of Ireland have a playoff. I don't ever say Republic of Ireland, but I'm saying it for the benefit of our foreign friends. Um, Ireland have a playoff. Uh, it's an important game. You know, 
in the greater scheme of things. Uh, but I always just like watching England, and I'll tell you why. There's usually quite a few Reds involved, and there's tremendous schadenfreude to be had if it goes wrong, and there's usually some Reds involved. Did I mention that? That's basically why I like watching England. And I can't really ever get behind fully. Like, I mean, I, I want to see the guys who play for us week in, week out, having a good time and enjoying themselves and doing well. Um, but if they could just do all of that and then England can lose, that's pretty much the ideal night out for me. Um, so, I, you know, that's where I am with it. And like you, I, can, I, I, can, I, can I go the other way on that? When someone's yeah. really, really well for England, I think they're wasting that performance and you only get a few. <laughs> yeah, I like that. It's, it's like scoring a worldie in um, in, a non- in a pre-season game. You've wasted, that's what Lineker used to say, you've wasted a goal there. You've wasted a goal. You, you, you might have needed that some other point in your life. <laughs> I love the idea that there's only a finite amount of these things yeah. that you can ever have, yeah. I when he said that when he was a player, I thought, I know exactly what you mean. You've wasted that goal. It's like Grubich in Barcelona. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair, fair. I get that. I get that. But like, I, I suppose where I'm going with that is, I just, I have a passing interest, lads. I've got a some. I've, I've got a terrible confession to make. I've watched almost no football since football returned, and yet I'm glad of it. Don't get me wrong. I'm very glad of it. I'm glad it's here, and I'm glad to see some things, and I'm glad to watch occasional highlights. But I haven't watched one episode of Match of the Day, uh, although that's not unusual for me. And I haven't, I've had the opportunity because I'm paying through the nose for every conceivable, um, BT Sky, everything. I'm one of those idiots who pays for everything. And I'm not watching it. And I don't know why that is. I mean, I, I, like, I, I, Guy, I get the impression that you watch a lot of football. But then again, have you noticed that it's on the wane this season or are you still watching as much as ever? Too much. Too, yeah. <laughs> too much football. Yeah. Uh, it's just the fact that it's on. And I think the fact that, all every game's on TV. It's not always about sitting down and just watching it. Like sometimes I'll have it on the laptop when I'm doing other stuff. But there's not really much for me to do on the outside. Like I'm not the most outgoing shock horror. I'm not the most outgoing person anyway. But with with lockdown and my dad shielding and stuff like that, so there's not really that much for me to do in general. So why not watch it? Um, so I've pretty much watched most of the games. Um, mm. I missed the crazy handball rule. It made it fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, it was, well, especially when it wasn't our game. Um, but no, I've watched I've watched too much of it. And for the most part, I think it's been fun. Um, I think football's been quite fun, apart from the last game on Sunday. Yeah, I'd agree with you completely. I, I was I, Anything I did see, I enjoyed the absolute bejesus out. And obviously, I got to see the tail end of the Manx defeat. I got mm. to see... Man City being beaten twice, but outside those games, I've seen very, very little except the Reds. And um, yeah, it's, it's weird. I found myself going out and doing like old man things, like trimming hedges and 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 you know mowing grass and stuff, rather than watch a football match because I just wanted to be in the air. But I suppose that's a different thing. And actually, we should have a little update around that whole uh, thing because. There's certainly one or two things I wouldn't mind sharing with you guys before we get big into the football thing. Um, just in general, like just that we don't completely ignore the fact that we are talking in this very, very strange period of existence. Um, Carl, you, 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 you told us you're, you've been on the move there for, uh, the first time in a long time. Is that 
owing to any relaxations and in, in restrictions you were previously under, or, or what's what was the? No, so, so basically, I'm, I'm a home worker anyway, and I live on my own, so it's, nothing's really changed massively for me. But today, I um, so I'm back in work and uh, I have been for a while. But today was the first time I drove um, to across London to meet a volunteer, and it was my first time of. And people just went, "Oh, the, someone put on Twitter the other day about you know Kensington High Streets and." Did a video and like there's you know there's no traffic in either direction. I thought oh, I'm going to get through in about ten minutes all the way through to South London. Took me about an hour and a half to travel eighteen miles on the way Oof. back today, and then also kind of just jammed. And I just I felt like just shouting out the window. You you people lied. You said it'd be easy, and yeah. it was just as bad as it always is as well. People aren't with the restrictions and everything. People are ignoring them, and they you know they just are, and that's why this thing is never going to go away because people are just thinking, yeah, well that's other people, not me. And and I I was I did everything I'm supposed to be doing. I was perfectly safe. I was masked up when I met my volunteer. It was all all nicely distanced and everything, but the streets are still crowded. To be honest, I envy both of you the opportunity to uh, earn a living at home. I have to say, and it's not because I don't want to go out because <clears throat> I'm you know uh, I've been very mobile since this thing all started uh, within all safe precautions and all the rest of it. Um, I've tried to you know pushed them around the edges a little bit so I could I could be out and about as much as I could. Uh, and, I, and I'm lucky I can be outside when I'm at home. That is a big deal. But the work situation's absolutely comical. I mean, it really is like, um, I don't know how many of our, our uh, listeners will actually have read the book 1984, but um, lots of people like to make reference to it. Um, every, everything's Orwellian these days. I don't know if you've noticed that. But in 1984, there's a guy who's a real party man. You know, he's a real kind of for the cause, uh, dib, 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 best scout in the world ever, unthinking kind of slave type. Parsons. Uh, called Parsons. And Parsons is alive and well in my workplace. Um, if anyone, <laughs> anyone I work with is listening, I think you know who I mean. And it's just remarkable to watch. You see, I heard, I, I, I'm just picking up on what you said, Carl. Uh, there's there's a whole sort of gamut. There's a whole sort of spectrum of uh, ways in which people are approaching this. And I think, yeah, there's levels of idiocy that you can't really believe. But at the same time, I've just seen stuff today, you know, um, Gavin Newsom in, in California, the governor there, has uh, is overseeing a, a, a new uh, piece of legislation there where people who go out to eat in restaurants, because they want you to go out and eat in restaurants, yeah. need to put on their mask between mouthfuls, right? Um, I've seen stuff happening with our mate Dan down in um, Victoria, Melbourne specifically, which is absolutely horrendous, horrendous stuff control being pushed to the ultimate and there's a fine line we were speaking just before the mics went live um and guy you were saying you know at least at least your government likes you uh and i suppose we are we do have a bit more sort of touchy-feely stuff going on here to an extent to an extent but it's just it's very very interesting for me every day i go in um, and, you know, we're being told to be sensible on the rest of it. But just I want you to tell me your level of cringe when you hear this, both of you. So I go in, right? You've got the rule of six there, right, in operation at the moment, don't you, in, in the UK? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Every day I go into uh, classroom one and um, there are 30 kids wearing masks 
in a room that may or may not be well ventilated. Usually it's, it could be much better ventilated. There might be a window or a window open and a door open. Um, there's chaotic noise coming out of every classroom. It's all mixing in together. And I'm talking to guys who can't uh, speak to me and I can't hear them. And it's weird. But I want you to focus on the fact that there are 30 kids in there and I'm in there and that's 31 different households represented in a small room. I then move to another one and I do that nine times. How, how's your cringe factor there? Can you get COVID off a Skype line? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. My Are point. you bathing in hand sanitizer? See, this is the thing. At the end of every, at the end of every class, we, we get the kids. This is basically a little choreographed dance where we spray the chairs, spray the desk. Then, and you know, and if, it, that's if they're moving. If we're moving, we spray the workplace or the work unit and station. All the rest of it. the next person comes in, and of course, they don't trust you, so they spray it again, and blah blah blah. It's, it's, it's like this balletic fucking cleaning procedure uh, going from one place to the other. And the level of interaction is absolutely insane. And I suppose what I'm saying is it absolutely gives the lie to all the other squeaking and squawking about, ooh, ooh, stand back, stand back, stay away from me, because the kids are sitting on top of each other, barely a yard away from each other in the classrooms, barely a yard. And if they lean back or they reach forward, they're on top of each other. Then in the, in the playgrounds at lunchtime, they have to take their mask off to eat. And they're jumping around. They're all basically on top of each other. I don't know. I, I, and, 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 you know, we've been lucky. There, there's, there's nothing happening in our place. So I don't know. There's definitely some, there's a, there's a, I'm, I'm on a spectrum of what the hell is going on, um, in every way possible. I mean, guy, when you hear that, I mean, as a guy, you say, you, you, you talk, my, my folks are next door to me. They're shielding as well and have been. And, you know, I don't go into them because of what I do for a living. Does that make sense to you? I don't want to go yeah, into yeah, their house, it. you know. And yet, uh, at the same time, uh, we just ignore that every day and just get on with it. Like, it's, everything's going to be fine. <laughs> well, it, you're in, especially as a teacher, you're, you're in such an impossible position because it's, it's a nonsense. Like, it's the same in this country. Like, I think the first week schools opened, obviously, People know I'm from the northeast. I live near Middlesbrough. I'm not from Middlesbrough, but Middlesbrough. There was like I think there was like three schools that got a COVID outbreak in like the first week or two weeks. It's like, like I know it's difficult to teach from home as a teacher, and I'm sure you can vouch for that. But if it's not safe, how can you how can you expect thirty kids in a classroom to sit bolts bolt still? in some bullshit manner. As you say, they can't even move a yard to the left or right in case they're too close to someone. Never mind you as an adult, because it, it's just absolute nonsense. It's nonsense. It's And you address little Jimmy at the back of the classroom, and he goes... Mm. Yeah. It's, it, it's like a teaching class full of Kenny from South Park. Yeah. <laughs> That's basically what I do. It's, you know, and, and it, so the communication part of the job is completely... Like, for want of a, a more specific term, fucked. It's just, mm. there, there's none of it. So it's basically, it's old-fashioned chalk and talk. I'm lecturing them. Yeah. Um, the, the kids are being encouraged not to bring in books because God bless them, they're not allowed to have lockers and, you mm -hmm. know, for sanitary reasons. And, oh, man, it's just kind of... But, like I say, you know, it's mm. not like we're all dying in the corridors and dropping like flies. Mm -hmm. So it's weird. It's just weird. I, I don't know where to, where I stand on it. You mentioned it's perfectly that simple. It's perfectly simple to have. You can't go out unless there's a till nearby. 
then you're okay. That's yeah, well, there you go. That's the government's response to COVID. You mentioned ventilation as well. It's getting cold soon. <laughs> yeah, we well, see. This is, this, is the thing, this is the thing. Hang on, you're from the northeast. You can't say that. It's going to be like minus twenty-five in a week. I might have to <laughs> no, put. No, a t- I'll can't. have to put a top on. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'm considering growing my hair. <laughs> oh my god! What is it? With, what is it with those with, with those uh, those northeast chaps, especially those uh, particularly uh, Newcastle uh, based portly gents who you see on the on the on the stands? What, it, what is? Is it some it, sort of uh, show of masculinity to get your chippy tits out? It's what we it's what we call culture up here. <laughs> exactly, it's a way of life. <laughs> I mean, oh, if you've well. got artwork on your body. Such as a Newcastle badge. How else yeah. would how else would you show that off? Uh, well, this is very true. How else would you show it off? Yeah, except to the national cameras uh, in the middle of winter. It's it's amazing. Fair play to them. Uh, we should talk about the thing that happened. Um, uh, we just briefly addressed the United game. Yeah, we really should. Well, yeah, we well, see. This is the thing. In a, in a, in a in a in a parallel universe, we're going to be able to talk about how those two drop points in this most spectacular way, and we cruised to a comfortable win. And honestly, uh, Carl, when the game was ongoing, even at five two, I thought when Mo scored it to make it five two, I thought, yeah, we'll have these. It'll, it's it's a shit show, but it'll be five all. And I just this is what these boys do. And we'll we'll get past and we'll move on, um, but it just wouldn't stop being horrific. Um, now everyone will have heard this analysed to death. So what I want to do is look at some specific uh, aspects of it. That <laughs> so you can say the positives. Jesus, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> we we have we have to be honest. Mo Salah was a positive. Most goal, yeah, most first goal. I, I, I thought Robbo was was good. Um, but, but, but I've no interest in bagging on individuals. I don't. I mean, like, I, I, after the match, I picked out in, on post match row, I picked out Joe, I picked out Adrian as having been particularly bad. But we also did stress the fact that most of them were subpar or possibly awful. Um, and that's just a thing that happens. So here's the thing that I want to look at. It's, it's a kind of, it's a sideways approach to it. We have one or two or three lads now. Is it Shaq? Uh, um, Thiago and, and Sadio, who, who've, who've tested positive. I, I, look, it, maybe it's fanciful, but those lads looked leggy. They didn't look right. Um, so you, you're kind of, is, is it, a, was it a psychological thing? How, how do you, how do you legislate for that? How, how what, what the hell happened? We were imperious against Arsenal, Carl. We were very, very good against Chelsea. Um, and we had that winner mentality against Leeds to come back and, yeah, you're okay, so you've gotten a couple of goals, you've had three shots and you scored three goals, we will get one more than you and we'll get a penalty and win it in the last couple of minutes. I, I've loved how we started the season, I'll be honest. So I, I can't, it makes no sense to me. I'm looking at Jurgen on the sideline, it makes no sense to me. And it, it got to the level, Carl, of humiliation. On yeah. a level that I don't recall before, ever. Oh, I do. Um, but it was uh, what basically happened is the team shattered at two 0 because we're used to being a goal down. We're used to that. That's not a problem. We were a goal down against Arsenal. That's not a problem. But when you go two down and then you realise you're not playing very, very well, and the fact that they didn't sit back at two 0 then that became a problem. And you can also, I mean, the only thing you can say in mitigation is three deflected goals. But even then, we still lost four two, and that's disgraceful for Liverpool. Mm. Um, everyone was bad. I mean, it's as simple as that. First, that. Virgil van Dijk looked like he'd never learned how to play football before. 
I don't know what Trent's position was for most of the second half. And because it certainly wasn't right back, because that's where they kept hitting the ball all the space all the time. Um, you've just got to put it behind you. And that's the only thing. I mean, you can talk about, you know, um, about, about COVID and things like that, but none of our defenders were ill. Sadio's not going to stop seven goals. Um, we were shit. It was just absolute shit. And it was a perfect storm of shitness. And they, they played very well. Got to say that. Furious that Ross Barkley got a goal. Um, but should have had a hat trick. He should have done. And should have had Ollie Burney should have had four. Um, but when you see the keeper basically running in the opposite direction and the ball coming in from the oh, other side, God. and you just think, well, come on. And I, I, I don't, I'm not one to, I'm not really commenting on Twitter at the moment, but one thing I don't want to see footballers do, and people are saying, oh, yeah, you shouldn't be abusing the footballers on Twitter. Those lads should not have been anywhere near their phones after Sunday night. Stay away, show some dignity. None of this, oh, yeah, we'll be back bigger. You'll never walk alone. You're asking for it. I've got no mm-hmm. sympathy. With, like when Adrian said that, you've got no sympathy. If you've shipped seven lads, even if three were up, three were deflected goals, you could do nothing about them at all. Shut the fuck up. You've just lost Liverpool seven goals. Listen, I'm glad you said that because I, I think there was a level of try-hard sort of support around that. Um, it's good to see him coming out and doing that. But I'd be a bit like you. I'd be like, just... Just be quiet now. Just yeah. be quiet now. Um, and not, not. In the we'll lick your wounds. I'll be back. We'll see you in a fortnight. Yeah. Go away and think about what you've done. <laughs> yes, go that's on. Literally, that's literally it. That game had the cheek to bring Lovren out to defend Adrian. That's the situation we're in at the minute. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, that says it all, right? And our, our, I knew this. Anfield agenda criticising Lovren <laughs> again. Our ex, our ex calamity came out to defend our new one. So mm. it's, pr- well, it's, and, it's and passing credit, the torch. <laughs> credit, credit where it's due. Even the greatest calamity in which um, he was involved, for example, that terrible run out at Spurs, mm. or that shit show um, under Brandon at Stoke. Um, none of those stung as badly for me as oh, this stung on Sunday. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I don't know about that. Roll back a second here, shall we? <laughs> mm. For a start, Stoke was Emre Chan. Don't put that on Dexy. I'm not putting I'm I'm, I said once he was involved in, Dexy had a shit show himself against Tottenham and he was involved oh, in, that, yeah, in, 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 in that ridiculous uh, result under Brandon, the 6-1. So my point is, uh, it's, not, it's got nothing to do with Deja. My point is, that in re- in recent memory, those two, um, and also the uh, Brendan um, Real Madrid capitulation, Ugh. are the games where I felt worst uh, as 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 a Liverpool fan. Um, you know, in recent times, and God knows there were some horror shows on, under Hodgson that I've probably just made myself forget. Blackpool two one, Blackburn yeah. and Wolves at home. All pretty awful. And the derby, um, obviously. And, and they, they were dark days, right? But some something about the, the awfulness of the situation, realising, well, fucking Roy Hodgson's in charge. What do you expect? This this is an absolute shit show. It, 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 does, it doesn't quite come to the level for me, Guy. And I'll go back to Carl, because I know Carl wants to talk about ones that maybe go back a bit further. But for me, it doesn't come to the level of, of, of what happened on Sunday. None of them do, because we didn't have the expectations that we do now. And there's something just kind of... I used the word on Raw, and I used the word as the show title, massively humiliating about what happened there. Um, like You know, we're too good for that to be happening. I can't imagine... 
the kicking that the pride took, especially our manager's pride, mm. who, you know, you'd have to say Guy himself was kind of, a, he has to, he has to hold up his hands as well. Like, I mean, we kept getting caught with the same goal and he didn't change it. He didn't tweak it. He, um, he brought so, on another attacker. <laughs> he did. So, he, <laughs> so everyone kind of had a shit show on the mm. day, Guy. I mean, for you, is it, 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 you know, we often joke about how much comparatively younger you are, but is there anything on the same level for you at all? Uh, nothing, nothing trumps Stoke for me. Not nothing. Ger- really? Gerard Was it Gerard's last home game or last game? Yeah, Which, last last, game. last, last game. game. Last yeah. game. Oh, God. Um... Remember his goal though? His goal was hilarious where they basically <laughs> just let him run through and score because yeah. it's him. Give, him a, give him a nice clap and he's like, oh, yeah. che- cheers, lads. Nothing Barrett's putting it in. Uh, yeah, cheers. <laughs> not, nothing top stoke for me because I think, I, I'm not sure it was the boiling point or it's probably beyond the boiling point for many in Brendan. I think I was way, way beyond boiling point now. I wanted him gone ages before that because that, se- that season was dead. Um, uh, but Stoke, the, just the way we got battered by was it Tony? It must have been Tony Pulis back then. Yeah, must have been the Tony Pulis team. I mean, st- we made Stephen and Zonzi look like a mix of Essie and Michael Balak. Yeah, and Rivaldo and Ronaldinho. It was terrifying. Um, I was working for the Times that day, and oof. Tony Cascarino told me that um, Stoke hadn't bought a single player that year for the entire year. And Beautiful. They beat Liverpool six one. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, the, nothing nothing tops that game for me because it was so... I, I, I get where you're coming from in terms of our expectations now, but then it was just like, this is never going to improve. That, yeah. It was, I was so defeated. I was like, can I be arsed watching football? And then, he, then Brendan didn't get sacked straight away, and it was like, holy shit, he's getting the start of next season. We bought shite like Benteke. It was like, oh got, my he, God. He got 60 million. <laughs> gave him it was like, all right, we're going to buy Firmino because you're getting sacked soon. But you can have Benteke. It's like, what? How's that yeah. work? <laughs> and then, th- thankfully, in October, we binned him off or whatever it was. Christ. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, that was a tough time. Um, but no, I mean, on, on I, I can see where you're coming from. The fact that we're, we're let's say, top two cons- with Bayern in the world right now. Um, and for that to happen, it was. And Obviously, Aston Villa have started the season so well, but they did finish 17th last season. <laughs> to have that happen to us in a, in a team that just about stayed, well, stayed up because of the goal line technolo- technology screwing up. Yeah. And getting yeah, smashed but like they, that. They, 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 in many ways... Um... We get the game replayed. If we, get, if we get Villa Sheffield United replayed from last year, we then we then we play whoever came. Then we play. Then we play Bournemouth, and then Naby Keita scores twelve goals as he usually does yeah, against Bournemouth. Exactly. Then has a month off. We 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 were we were outplayed as well, guy. You know that's mm. that's that's the thing. I mean, we yes, we created chances, mm-hmm. and on a different day, we have we score more goals, and it could have gone one one with a mole penalty, which was the most flagrantly awful decision I've ever seen. All of these mm. things, as Carl says, are mitigating um, suggestions that you can throw in there. But um, we thoroughly deserve to be beaten um, on the day. I thought. And um, that's what that's what worried me the most, and uh, mm. the fact that there was no real response. Um, well, going into the Everton game, I know it's like it's like at least two years off in COVID time. But are you confident going into the Everton game now? Yeah, 
I, I am because I, I still like I, one game d- doesn't do anything to my perception of these players and, and this manager. I think that's I, why Stoke was for me because I obviously it was the end of the season. I was like, next season's going to be shit. <laughs> you know what? I get where you're coming from now. I see that actually. That's a good point because it looked like, oh my god. And then when the next season starts, of course, it makes it even worse. Yeah, I yeah with Brendan. I mean, yeah, you're mm-hmm. right. That, that it's it, it's it's a low point for sure. But there's just something about that stuck in my craw. Carl, you know that for me, um, big ears is 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 the one. It's it's the thing that I get most excited about in football. And I can't help it. Um, probably because I was spoiled as a young lad um, with us winning leagues all the time. And also because my first game that I remember really is Kenny winning uh, the 78 uh, European Cup for us. So for me, that Real Madrid uh, performance under under Brendan, where we just basically put out a shit team and said, here, it doesn't matter. We oh, don't care. Okay, okay. Yeah, we don't care, you know, it's fine. We had Chelsea on the Saturday. Yeah, and that made me very sick inside in a way that actually finished me with Brendan. I was writing a column four times a week and I was doing my best all the while to to, to support um, Breno as much as I could. And that just, I said, right, me and you now, we're done, pal. Um, I couldn't <laughs> understand that. Um, you go back... As, uh, as as least, at least as far, if not a little bit further than I do. Can you point to anything in the past that might um, some of our older listeners might be able to re- relate to in terms of, ooh, that was pretty horrific? Because honestly, I, I remember terrible results. You know one that sticks in my craw, Carl, still to this day? The 1987 fucking Littlewoods Cup final where we lost to I watched Arsenal. It. I watched it last week. Are you serious? Yeah, I watched it because I was writing about... Uh, I can't remember where I got to it, but I was right. I was right about the Arsenal game. That's why, and I was talking about uh, Arsenal in general. I can't remember what the point was now. But um, oh yeah, because we lost to Arsenal in the League Cup, didn't we? That's why. Uh, so, so I was going about 1987. Uh, okay. About, well, I, uh, I I I I I was uh, as a young lad, I was in the scouts, and I had to go off to a scout thing, and we we're travelling back, and it was the first time I'd missed a big Liverpool game all my life. And I blame myself for our loss, especially seeing. And then when I saw the spawny Charlie Nicholas goals, I think it was two one, wasn't it? Rushy yeah, scored yeah. first game. The first game Rushy scored in that we didn't win. Is that right? And the next, or, uh, yeah, and then the next game he scored and we lost as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if you uh, from 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 that era and, and and further back or anything else, is there is is there? It, well, it depends on, on if John, if, if you view by score, there's plenty. If you View it by games where Liverpool have been absolutely dreadful and lost narrowly. narrowly. I mean, Hudson losing the, the Wolves game and the Blackpool game, but Hudson, that, that's really bad. And as, as, as Guy said already, you've got to view these things in context, I think. And we lost that game at Blackpool. That's the lowest I've ever felt at Anfield ever. I'm thinking, genuinely, first time, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm, I don't know where to leave now. Um, and I, I was tempted to leave at half time. I didn't because I don't believe you do that. You stand and take it. <clears throat> but it was that knowing that we had Everton in the next week and knowing that Everton had beat us because we were just that bad. Um, but there's been, you know, we've had freakish games before. I remember in, um, <clears throat> I think it was about 94, we lost 4-0 to Coventry. It could have been eight. Jamie Redknapp was sent off. Um, and, you know, we, we lost we lost to City 5-0 we when Sadio was sent off. And people were saying, oh, yeah, when Sadio was sent off. And that, we, we, we got away with five. We were so bad defensively that day. Because all they had to do is take it forward off, but there's no way to des- describe how we defended that day. 
I was never yeah. in any cup game, but and, know, still, you, and, and still, it's City. You're still talking about different quality of opposition um, in all of those games. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But that's the first. I, I wrote in, in my article this week. If you lose seven two to Barcelona, Bayern Munich, or, or you know, peak Madrid or something like that, it's embarrassing. But when you go, when you lose seven two to a team which, which, as, as I said in my piece, flagrantly involves Ross Barkley, then that's that's extra humiliating. It really is. It's dark. I mean, Ross Barkley bossed that game, and Grealish was fantastic in that Grealish game. Grealish was outstanding. I, I, yeah. Every pass Grealish made was incisive and cut us apart. And then when he goes rambling through himself and does that little dink in at the near post, you're like, oh, for God's sake! Yeah. I, like, like I said, I felt, I felt it was a ritual humiliation. Um, it was the uh, same he, goal. I thought hurt me more than anything else. Every time. That's 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 what added to the ritual quality of it. It was just like it, it was it, uh, just this incessant punishment um, for whatever fucking hubris was attached to us continuing okay. to play that way when we shouldn't have. It reminds me of um, just going back to international football. It reminded me of the, of the England five-one game against Germany, which were you know glorious Sven Joran Eriksson in his continental football, and they were mostly long ball goals. It was, they all reds. it was all Reds who scored yeah, as well. Yeah, because they couldn't cope with Owen running around the back. Some flick on some Heskey. Yeah. And it's the same goal, and they just couldn't work it out at all. And they were big lads. They just didn't know where to put the line. But a bit like, you know, again, we're not getting some individuals, but a bit like Joe Gomez. He was, he was running his own line at one point. Joe's going to be fine, so I don't mind saying that at all. <laughs> Joe is going to be fine, but Joe, like, like, at the same time, one has to hold their hands up. In the middle of the first half, Joe... So, so, so should his mates, by the way, as well. Well, he strolled out of his, his half and he pinged the ball um, fully 60, 70 yards to, to, to right into the path of the on-running, I think it was, Jota. Um, Joe is an outstanding footballer and had been brilliant in the previous game, but he had his arse handed to him on a plate by a kid um, in uh, Ollie, um, what's his name? Ollie, Ollie Watkins. Watkins. You're thinking of Mac, yeah. Ollie McBurney. I'm thinking of Ollie McBurney, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but Ollie Watkins just, like, really, I mean, he just handed him, handed him his arse. It was remarkable to watch. And to be fair, he had no help. Uh, Trent was no help to him. Virgil was no help to him. We had no midfield cover in the way that we normally do. I don't know what Ginny was doing, but it wasn't the usual Ginny stuff. Um, we really, really, really clearly, you can see what Henderson does when he's not there. In the I, I, I was thinking actually that'd be really good if we brought Genie on for the second half and he might sort of quieten things down a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly thought that. Well, yeah, get him when he's sorted out. Get, get Naby off the floor. Well, I'm not. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I don't want to get into the Naby Keita, Genie Wijnaldum, endless, incessant midfield tribalism bullshit. All I will say is. Nobody did well on the day, including Fabinho and Naby. And when Jimmy Milner came on, he was easily the best player that we had. Yeah, because he knew well, what to do. Because he knew what to do and he just gave a shit. And I, mm. I don't care if he, if he spent half his time falling over or elbowing lads or kicking lads up in the air. We clearly needed a bit of that. Well, and what, what, what Jordan Henderson is, is that with a bit of panache. And that's, that. you know, that's uh, look, say what you like, but... We don't lose that game seven two with the captain playing. We just don't. I don't know. No, we good. lost six one to Stoke. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 
Okay, okay. You just I got you, it. We are also avoiding the elephant in the room here, isn't it? If you want to start looking at players. Who? We're going to have to have a conversation about Firmino. Oh, God. Do I, we? I had, Do a, we? I had a rant about this. <laughs> Well, I, I, I let, let's get both your thoughts, and I'll just I'll cue it up by saying I thought um, I saw people giving out about his performance against um, Arsenal. I thought, what fucking game were you watching? He was wonderful. That he was, was incessant. Me. <laughs> really, I didn't think he was that good. Well, I thought he was incessantly involved in all his link-up play, the bits and bobs that that I like to see him doing. But what he did do was he made a couple of glaring misses. And there were more again at the weekend, and there were more in the previous game against Chelsea. So I get what you're saying in that regard. What? What? Let, let, let's start with you, uh, guys. Seeing as you're there, and then we'll go back to Carl. What is it you 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 see as particularly absent um, from his game, and what would you suggest? Like, I mean, we know how intrinsic he is to the way we play. So what? What are the options there? Well, you you ask what what's missing from his game. I I think everything at the minute. Yeah. I um. We've we've forgiven the goal threat, lack of goal threat for a year. He didn't score. He basically didn't score a home goal all season. Ch- Chelsea was such a mad game; it was always going to happen. That's how football works. There's stories, but he, he was. I thought he was considering the success the team had last year, especially in the league. I thought Bobby was pretty terrible, and it's con- it's got worse this season. I think, like the link up play, I don't think it's there. Of Ars- I agree, Arsenal was his best game. But it's a long-term thing now. I've, I think the, the hold-up play has gone there. Pressing, pressing's always going to be his ma- main reason, I think. He's in the front line. And he's annoying, isn't he? Yeah. And he was, he was brilliant at that uh, against Arsenal. And yeah. pretty good against Chelsea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think that's the one thing that's still there, like completely. But I, I just don't think the rest is the on, the on, the best, that's the best way. The on-ball stuff isn't there for me anymore. Like, but but look but look at our squad now, guy. What do we do? I mean, well, <sighs> sorry, no, you you go, you go. Well, it, it, I suppose what I'm saying is with mm-hmm. the 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 gym window slammed shut, but there, mm. there there's precious little alternatives, surely. Well, I think if you look in, well, th- this is what I do in clubs. Bobby could be here till he's 55, and he will play every game in club size. But for me. You've got Mane and Salah. They can both play up front, I think, in our system. Then it's just a question of do you use Jota or do you use Minamino? Okay. So what I, about using Minamino in Bobby's role, which is a much-touted uh, option? It like I think that works, but Klopp's not done it, has he? No, so, he hasn't. No, he plays him deeper. He yeah, plays yeah, him slightly he, outside. He, he's, he's either played left or right most of the time. When he comes on a minute, or even was it Everton he started in, re- in the restart on the right when Salah he played, was he played on the right, yeah, yeah, and he he did all right, but he's not more yeah, Salah. Not really, <laughs> he's not more Salah. <laughs> so I, it's weird. I think I think it's it's Dave's theory, isn't it? On he, he says Mane. I prefer Salah as the nine. I think Salah's better as a nine. We saw it when we played four two three one for a bit. Obviously, it's very different systems, but. I think if you put Mane as the um, Mane as right wing, Salah through the middle, and then whoever's better form. I think Jota started off all right. Give him a run, like Klopp will not. It's good. It's good for the first twenty minutes. I yeah, thought. yeah. Klopp it's will... great. That snapshot was really good. Yeah. The one where the lad had to put it over the bar. Yeah. 
no back left. That was really good. I think I think he's been quite impressive since he yeah. started. Today. Yeah, I'm, I'm delighted with him. I think mm. like they're, they're they're interesting suggestions. But here's the thing: I'll throw this one to you, Carl. I mean, the idea of um, Bobby is undroppable. The thing that 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 the guy's alluding to there. I mean, there are probably lots of guys who are who are who are in that position. I mean, like our 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 front and back line tend to be undroppable. Um, um, but Bobby specifically so, and because he's such a uh, unique role in the team, um, well, he is the, he is the system. Yeah, so it's probably it's probably not ever going to be a case of of a like for like because we just don't have a like for like. So I mean, if you were going to tweak it and. Look, Guy said he's probably right. Bob, Bobby's not getting dropped unless he's absolutely howlingly awful. Um, but just fancifully, what way would you line up with a, a three or, or a four or a whatever well, the hell? Well, firstly, I wouldn't drop him. You would? No, okay. I think, I think he's, he's not playing well, but I don't think there's much to be gained by dropping him off the pitch. I think he just needs to be told he's not playing well and he needs to reset and he'll be fine because he's a world class footballer. And he is the reason we win leagues. I know we, because those goals he got, he did get were all away last year. And they, the things like the goal against Palace, goals against Tottenham in the past and things like that. You need him. You need him for that sort of game. He's just having a bad experience. So I'm, I'm not saying drop him. I'm saying he needs to be reminded that he's not playing well. Um, because, um, some of the flicks and things, what have you, stop all that. Just get back to basics and do what you're best at. Um, I don't, the problem we've got with Liverpool as a forward line is who wants to play for Liverpool if they're not if, if they're not going to get past the big three up front. And I like Sadio as a nine. To be honest, I like Sadio at left back. I think I like Sadio serving me a pasty in Greg's. I like every <laughs> single thing Sadio does. I would have played him on Sunday regardless of the government restrictions. I would have, <laughs> I would have him serving tea now. I'd have him on this podcast instead of Guy. But. Um, Whoa. Let's <laughs> <laughs> not get too hasty. Uh, yeah, I'm by the way. New host Sadio Mane, quiz champion Sadio Mane, he'd be on here now. Um, okay. I, I love Sadio he, doing everything. But, he's, uh, he's the only person who you could have said that about in relation to me, and I will not argue. Uh, <laughs> like the guy, the guy, I, I said it on Raw. He was playing a different game of football to everybody else against Arsenal. It was just stunning to watch. It, it was on a different planet to everybody else. Just so good. Uh, the guy has been so good. I think he's been our best footballer without question for a long time now. And I think he's right up there in the top in the world. I love Mo Salah. I love everybody else. Virgil, all the rest of the guys. The, 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 the only thing that stops me and the best player in the world for me is that you can't say that I'm thinking about the other two, which is a fair point. Well, well I, think, I, I, I think he's the best player I've, I've seen in a Liverpool shirt since Suarez. Yeah, well, here, here's the thing. Oh my! God. And I like Sadio. That's the difference. You went there, didn't you? You went there. <laughs> I, I, I can see, I can see a certain um, rival podcast with whom you've had some dalliances um, talking up this idea of Salah versus Suarez. Who's the greatest? And I find the whole conversation depressingly redundant. But it turns out. Judging by the way that conversation flowed, Carl Kopek, that you wouldn't, because for me it's not even a concept that I want to give any time to, because Mo Salah is a, is a, a, an eternal Liverpool legend, having won the league and won a European Cup. Yeah, of course, yeah, but there's levels, and um, 
it's it to me it's not even i don't care how fond you are of luis suarez and his his one like best season ever in the premier league um I loved him when he was here and all the rest of it, but it's not even a competition. I, 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 I don't even understand the discussion. I'll be honest. I don't just understand the discussion. Mo Salah is just that, that, that to me really, it sticks in my craw because I, I, I think, hang on a sec, appreciate what a wonderful player we have ongoing. He's at the peak of his game. You know, I, I don't get it, but I'm get, I'm sussing from you there, Carl, that for you, you, you just think you've Suarez in that really special category. Um, they're completely different players, obviously, but I love Mo Salah. I love everything about him. Um, the difference between the two, I think, is he, he is Mo's pure numbers, whereas Suarez um, could do things I've never seen on a football pitch before. And I've seen a lot of football, and I've just gone, I've no idea how he's just done that, what he's just done. And he did it every single game. I mean, I'm not saying like one's better than the other as such, and they're completely different type of style of players for a start. But um, uh, I just... That 13, 14 season, I, I would go to the match and think he's going to get at least two. I did a podcast once with, with Rob Gutman when we played um, Cardiff away. We won, three, we won three one, and his first goal was a twenty five yard volley. And Rob said to him, "It's his worst goal of the season," and he was right. <laughs> that's how good the other goals were. <laughs> he was that good. That's his worst goal of the season. Yeah, and yeah. and you know, and I love Mo because I'd, I'd rather get four goals than one. I'd rather get four goals and Mo rather than one of. Luis Suarez doing that, and I think that's the difference between the two. But as when, but for Sadio, I, I think by definition of that, we know League, European Champions, World Champions, all that sort of stuff. They're all world champ, world world class players, and then the Sadio. Mm, yeah, I think, he's, I think he's, I think he's that far ahead. Yeah, I agree with you, and, and I also like him more than any of the rest of them, which is completely. Oh, he's my mate. It's absolutely my mate. He's, yeah, he's my mate. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, We've got two topics that I want to cover because we're coming up on the hour mark and I don't want to leave this go longer in 70. We've got two topics that you, you wanted to cover. Um, um, so hang on, hang on get... Trev. The guy's with us now. We don't, we, we, we don't have to be scared of his evil time regime anymore. Oh, well, to be fair. No one fair, listens we're... to me anyway. <laughs> 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 I'll keep this one 70. Oh, it's 90. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. As we enter hour four. Uh, God, yeah, oh, we we do tend to wander, but there's two things you mentioned that you want to talk about. I know we all want to have a quick word about the derby because it's got some relevance for um, all three of us in different ways. Uh, but Carl, you wanted to talk about the petitions. Let's get that topic covered um, uh, so that people have a little concept of what you're chatting about. What petitions do you speak of? Well, um, there's a preseason game between Brighton and Chelsea, and people um, and they allowed in Brighton they allowed some um, people. Um, into the ground to watch the game. I think it was about fifteen hundred. Maybe I can might be completely wrong on that actually. And they announced today that the um, the local health medical officer said um, that there had been no um, cause related COVID outbreak because of that game. He's also Brighton's um, doctor, so he's looking after Adam Lallana at the moment as well. And um, based around that, there's been a signature. There's been a petition going around to get people back into grounds again. And there's people say there's now 160,000 signatures on it, and once it goes over 100,000, it can it's, it can be discussed in Parliament, which of course that's why the uh, the Hillsborough um, panel started because of that, because the petition had to be discussed in Parliament. That's the law. Um, I think that's a ludicrous idea. I wouldn't. I was, I was with a mate today actually, and we were saying like you know we go we go most games, and I, I said if they played tomorrow and I was allowed in, I wouldn't go. I just wouldn't. Mm. And not while there's people still dying at the moment and people can talk about I, I get that football is an important thing 
but I trust me, and that doesn't necessarily mean I trust everybody else to, to adhere to whatever those rules are because it's football and people do, and I do silly things at football. We mentioned before, I've, I've had celebrations where I've ended up in a different, not different row, a different block from where I started, mm. um, you know, for big goals and things like that. My, fa- my favourite one, of course, was the Juventus game where I ended up behind myself in an old seat of ground. I ended up two rows back, which means I moved backwards and upwards, and I still don't know how I did that. Um, imagine that having to be at a distance at a certain place when we've just got the win, the 90, 90th minute winner against Everton. I don't think it's worth the risk, and I, I don't think I don't care how many people say, yeah, but you know, but we need this. Just watch it for a bit. Should we just be safe first? Mm. Yeah, it's the it's the uh, again just to interject from a sideways perspective because I've been thinking about this so much and. And nearly everything I read and um, consider has t- tentacles back towards it. It's about how long does this go on? Uh, and it's about um, without with the best will in the world, every, an awful lot of us will know people who've either been slightly affected or, you know, in the worst possible way. Uh, might know someone who's passed away or know of someone who knows someone who's passed away. Um, so it's with the best, with the most respectful will in the world, you, you also have the other push um, that I've heard articulated beautifully from several um, people uh, towards, you know, well, how, how, what are the ways in which we can cope with this Um uh, and, and and try to try to move towards something approaching what we used to have. So I, I understand this idea of of um, you stand here, you stand here, you stand here, and and we'll now now do noise. Uh, and it allows it's 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 a it's a, a sort of a nod and a wink towards um, some sort of resumption of whatever the hell that is. Uh, I also take normalcy, and I do take your point um, that. You know, even if people go in, go into the ground and behave impeccably and stand in their fucking yellow circle or whatever it is and, and go, Ray, uh, and make some sort of racket that isn't piped in bullshit noise. Uh, it's still not normal. Um, and, 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 and then they have to go out and, uh, all bets are off then outside the ground. So I do get the point that you're making. Guy, where do you stand on this concept of slow, slow introduction in a very sort of piecemeal way? Just that we'd have some actual humanity in the ground and some human noise being generated. Uh, do you find yourself in the same boat as Carl that it's not, it's not, a, it's not a risk that's worth taking at the moment? Or can you see any, any, uh, reason for it? I agree with Carl completely, but I think it's the fact... I think this is such a big talking point because of the hypocrisy of this country, really, at the minute. You've got pubs open, we've had cinemas open, I know they've closed now because people weren't going, but you've got all all these other things that have came back to some sort of normality. Obviously, I've not not been to a pub, but I'm, I'm sure it's not normal normal, but there's still people there. So I think there's the fact that we didn't do lockdown properly in the first goddamn place. No. Is now that now it's spiraled into this. We've got half the half the money making things. And what what did you say earlier, Carl? If there's a till, you're safe. It, that yeah, seems yeah. to be it. And, and and the virus only comes out at ten o'clock at night. Yes, yes, of course. Um, so I in think pubs, specifically in pubs, mm, it haunts if you, us. If you go out on the street, you fall. Yeah. Um, so I think that that's why this is such a big debate. You see, half the country's open. We're trying to save pubs and stuff like that. 
And this isn't really even a debate about the Premier League clubs. I'm sure they'd love to have money coming back in, but it's about saving the clubs like your Boltons. We've had the Bury, uh, Bury situation, was it Macclesfield a couple of weeks ago? They're yeah. the ones who need it. Fuck the Premier League. There's, more, mm. there's money dripping out of every orifice of them fuckers. Well, um, yeah, and even saying that, man, uh, even saying that, we read the articles before the start of the season uh, where if it didn't, if football didn't come back, Burnley. Uh, mm. were looking like they were in serious trouble. So, and that, and that, like you say, and that's even in, 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 in including the concept of them having the massive injections the Premier League clubs have. It, I suppose the reason, the reason I bring it up in any way, shape or form is that I wanted to fall back in. And it's the reason I, I mentioned, uh, and brought people into a little bit of my day to day experiences that like, we have this odd dichotomy where you know this is life is going on absolutely as normal except for pieces of cloth or what i wear a little plastic visor um and 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 we're in confined spaces in ways that i think most people listening to this would fucking freak out at the concept of and yet, here we are. It's week six of term, five or six of term, and mm. we're two weeks away from midterm, and blah blah blah. So I don't know. The only reason I bring it up is that I don't know. Maybe there is a happy medium. I don't. I again, I I I understand why people are uh, very very uh, pro lockdown and, and and let's be careful. But I suppose I found myself in the middle of the contradiction of that, mm-hmm. and 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 still okay uh, as as is every pretty much everybody else yes we've had people who, who say oh i've got a bit of a cough so they're at home for two days and then they're in again um and it's yeah, just rolling, it's rolling along you know sorry carl what did you say i missed that me i've got a cold at the moment yeah look i don't know it's just a weird one i i, I suppose i do like the idea of having some human noise in the ground mm. um if it could be done safely i think i'd be all for it um, I think it's just how you pick the fans as well, because they're not exactly going to let the ultras in, are they? <laughs> let's be honest. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So is it, obviously it's about atmosphere and stuff like that, and it's obviously money for the lower league clubs as well like that. But say, say, let's let's use Liverpool. Liverpool is the example. If they handpick loads of random fans, then you've got Joe Bloggs with a 20-year season ticket. If he doesn't get picked, it's just going to start kicking off. It's yeah, I'd be furious if it wasn't me. They, exactly. need, someone to, they need someone to frown. At the, at the, even if we win four 0 they need someone to frown at the players. It's what I do. Yeah, Carl frowns quietly. I'm 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 the same. Uh, and the guy who he usually sits behind me when if I get my my usual seat that I get from like well, back in the days when I was able to get there regularly, who just sits there for the entire game at this exact volume going, come on, red man, <laughs> come on, red man. That's it. He just he just that's all he says for the entire match. Every so often, come on, red man. That's it. Oh, <laughs> I love this lad. You know, he's he's in his own world. Uh, occasionally, he's got one. Uh, it's like like my uncle used to do when we go to the GAA matches back in the eighties. He's got one earphone in, so he's obviously listening to the commentary or something. It's amazing stuff to watch. And I think, yeah, you're right. It takes all sorts. What if they were to let people in? Wouldn't they just have to go straight? Like maybe, pardon my naivety here, guy. Maybe I'm completely wrong, but wouldn't they just have to go straight to season ticket holders and say, "Okay, you guys are all in. We're going to have to spread you out. You'll be over here. You'll be over here. You'll be over here." Wouldn't that be how it would work? I imagine no. Well, how many how many season ticket holders is the car? If you know, God knows. It must be, I don't know, at least 20, ten, 20, 20 odd thousand. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
what what they're letting in probably five thousand up to ten thousand. It's also the fact that one thing I love about going to the game is I can I will I, I'm a chatter at the game. I'll always like say to the bloke next to me, "Fuck's you doing there?" You know, and have a chat with him like that. Just shut. You you, you exactly, have to do from three rows away. <laughs> we was shit him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was that. I say that was a corner, mate. I reckon. Klopp will, come, Klopp will come knock you out. <laughs> I'd imagine, yeah, especially if everyone's wearing masks. <laughs> like, like, um, like the teacher in Charlie Brown. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> stop the stop the game. Kopak's asking something here. Pep, Pep, tell Jurgen. I think that was a throw-in. Right, let's finish with a chat about the Derby, a very short chat about the Derby, so this isn't the longest podcast in human history. Um, by the way, will you please remind me to play Werner Herzog talking about the languages that he knows. It's absolutely outrageously good. You may have seen it, because I think you follow the same people as me, uh, Carl, and one of our co- mutual followers posted this little video. I'd seen it before, and I just it reminded me how good it was. It was I was going to start the show with it, but... There's too much to talk about. It's just amazing. He's just chanting. Oh, oh, the the uh, Seamus Seamus. He, he he's a uh, he, he's, he's he, I think he wrote for the Guardian. He's certainly a podcaster. Oh, Seamus something or other. You'll know you'll know when you when you see it. I'll I'll ping it onto you later on. So remind me to do that next week. But let's finish with the derby and we get just get a take because. It's still a bit away, but we probably will do a podcast in the interim. But I just want to finish on a slightly upbeat note because I have I want to start with my take on how the derby's going to go. And this is assuming that we aren't all uh, we're, we're not looking at an entire squad laid low by the Rona. Um, but I do imagine if we get lads back um, in any sort of nick at all, I'd be fucking shitting it if I was Everton because I can't think of a of of a, a group of lads that I've ever watched who have more pride. I've never watched a group of Liverpool players, genuinely, and I know you'll raise your eyebrow at this and frown, Carl, but I've never watched a group of Liverpool players that I have enjoyed more, ever, ever, ever. And I and that's because of all those positive qualities that I associate with them. So my take on the Everton game, my take on the Derby, is they are fucked. I really do think that. And I think they're... Uh, hubris will be absolutely shown up for what it is the the crowing of the john Merrows of this world will f- come to a, an abrupt end that's my take and i think we're going to go there i think we're going to stomp yeah, them never jump that way. i think we're going to stomp them so uh I, i'm anxious to get both of your takes on it. i'll come to you in a sec carl uh guy how are you feeling about the derby and why um I'd be a lot more confident if Alisson was back, but uh, that, that's not the case. Um, at least they have Pickford. And, well, maybe they don't. They've got a new goalkeeper. Um, oh, actually, mm-hmm. actually, sideways, mm-hmm. little interjection. The, the transfer window thing is done. Mm-hmm. There was We were linked with that Gazaniga ca- uh, chap. Uh, mm-hmm. It's entire bullshit that was made up on the spot the day after um, Adrian had a bad game. Mm-hmm. Adrian has been good for us in the past. He's been responsible for us picking up little bits of trinkets here and there. I, I, I can't dislike him at all. He seems like a decent lad. Uh, and he did a run of Premier League games, 13, I believe. 
uh, where uh, Alison was out and we were just imperious. All of this stuff must be remembered. But I do also note, uh, Guy Drinkle, that the free, the people who are out of contract, there was a list of them put up there. Mm. And that, that lad, Michelle Vaughan, is floating about. I, can't, I just found myself thinking, would you? Would you? You can't be any, or, you can't be any worse. <laughs> well, it, honestly, do you genuinely think that? Like, I mean, I know you're not a massive fan of Adrian, but like, God, I, I think... Can we, can we put down to a bad game? Do you think it's easy gone in your head now? I think once you, uh, what I saw at the weekend was the defense losing trust in him, which caused further panic, which made me cause trust, loss of trust in Joe Gomez. <laughs> um, I I think it's almost it's obviously not the stage, but I saw similar with Carriers. You saw Van Dyke just look at him and just go, "Oh, you are here for fuck's sake." Right. <laughs> And that, that's right, kind right. of how I, that's how I saw it that weekend. I think you saw them stop passing to him, just just try to like play out of positions where they could have simply passed back to him. It's I think once you've lo- lost the trust, it's gone. We've seen so that with Mich- other players. So Michelle Vaughan, no, yes. If he if it has to be, yeah. Um, I know Carl will fight me for this, but I, I would have kept Carrius. <laughs> just recall <laughs> him. Um, I'd bring back Grabara. Um, we can still sign from the championship. Uh, Jack, but- have- Jack Butler. Why yeah, not? Jack, Jack-, well, Jack, but- Jack Butler's been linked quite heavily today. And now he he has been awful for a yeah. long time. Yeah. There's a reason why Jack Butler went from <laughs> yeah. the, the England squad to, to uh, back up. <laughs> yeah, to now being available yeah. for for tuppence and uh, a if, few ice creams. If we just offer ten mil to a decent championship keeper. Is that going to do any damage to us? <laughs> really, there must be someone in the championship. You just go, you can be back up. Well, he, happen, he, because, because Klopp loves it. Klopp, Klopp doesn't dump players on that, one that's game. That's what I'm saying. It's not going oh, It's, it's not, not one game, though. So, 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 back to the, back anyway, to the, the, I, back to everything thing. Does, does, does it, does it tarnish your confidence to that effect, to that extent that you actually, you're going in that nervous? Um, not ner- I think I only go into games nervous now that are Champions League and United games. Maybe it's because mm. I'm not local, and let's be honest, Everton have been shit my entire life, so <laughs> um, which is great. Um, I don't, I don't really go into nervous, but when it's at Goodison, I always expect a horrendously shit game. It just yeah. tends to be. It always is. And you're often rewarded. Yeah, <laughs> just that. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe maybe it's better without the fans there or something, because uh, it always seems to be horrendous and just so salty and bitchy all the time. But but the fact that it is bounce back, I'm not, I'm don't have the stat or anything like that. But we never seem to lose consecutively, apart from when we're all pissed and won the league. Um, yeah. So I think we will bounce back. Regardless of Adrian, if you want to hear my Adrian rant, please subscribe to AI Pro and go listen to Rate Done Here. Um, <laughs> there is also a Bobby rant and a Joe Gomez rant, <laughs> um, and a Nabi rant, but that's different. Um, well, by the way, by the way, listeners, it is absolutely wonderful if you if you're only in, in, involved in the free side, the 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 price of admission. Alone, or that's worth the price of admission alone. Just to hear Guy Drinkle being angry because he's the most affable man in the world. 
and when you hear him just sort of get losing his shit, it's it's a tremendous thing. Uh, I, I I I heartily recommend it. Yeah, there's uh, also but, a so Jaffa cake review. I showed that. Oh yes, we've we've been made aware mm. thanks thanks to guys podcast of the existence of strawberry and pineapple Java cakes, which um, threw me for a loop and uh, Carl Kopak uh, expressed very strong feelings about it. But that's a cake biscuit debate for another podcast. You're feeling then in a nutshell about the, about the uh, Derby guy before I got to Carl. I think we'll win. I think Henderson should be back unless he, he gets COVID, which will probably happen now I've said it. Um, Tiago will be back. I think he'll give us another string to our boy in midfield. And even if they're not back, Ginny and Naby and Fabinho especially cannot play that badly again. So, you know. Yeah, that's the thing to remember, yeah. They're not going to do it that twice. Mm. Well, t- t- talk to me around your feelings about it, Carl, because again, I mean, you know, uh, guys uh, indicated there, you know, uh, it obviously does have added resonance for you than it does for either of the two of us. That's just a thing. It's just the reality of, of life. There's no point in bullshitting about that. That's real. Um, you, you, you're, you're from the city. You know, the, the sting of, of having family members and friends who are, who are blues, um, lording it over you, but hopefully not that often. Um, do you fear that at all given the start they've made? No. No, and also I would say that um, there's not been a lot of stick about. Oh, look at Everton! Like you know, they're really, really, really overdoing it because they've had the number one single, on, you know, they're really they're they're overblowing themselves because they're top of the league. I've got no problem with that whatsoever. They should be doing that, and I think it's very sniffy when Liverpool fans say, "Oh yeah, look at them, look at them doing that." You know, that, that's what we do as well. So you know, I've got no problem with them doing that at all. Um, I don't think Everton. I don't think Liverpool lose. I think it's going to be Everton nil. I'm just not sure about the other side of that equation. Really? Um, I'm I'm interested in that because I don't see any issue with us scoring goals. I see in Mo Salah a man who just looks nailed on for the goal. What I mean is they might just try and play Try and play for the draw, which is what they've done the last two times we played them there. Okay, okay. Um, And they're 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 a better side now. Let's hope Car- the Carlo swagger um, prevents that from being the case. And I just have, I, yeah, I, I, I hope think, I'm right. I think I'd rather not lose than go out for it and lose. Yeah. So I, th- I think we might play for a draw. I just, I, I, feel I think like... I, I think I would because they're top of the league. They're three points clear as well. So, yeah. Does that matter a damn? Well, yeah, it does because United are in the bottom five at the moment. And I'm quite like looking at that table. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, both, both Man United, both both man, man clubs are in the the bottom seven. The bottom seven is now a little category I've decided on my own. <laughs> no, no, it's a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Uh, Everyone talks uh, about the bottom seven all the time. Uh, listen, I've been, I've I've written columns about the bottom seven. <laughs> Do you remember the big six? Yeah. The big six was it a was, thing. It was the big five for a while, yeah. And then it was the big five. Yeah. Oh, was it the big five first? Yeah, to be fair, but it was it was um, two the two man clubs, two Merseyside clubs, and Arsenal. No, it wasn't the two man clubs. No, no, sorry, it was, it was the two Chelsea. North London clubs. Sorry, was, yeah, no, no, it was, it was two North London clubs, two Merseyside Spurs, clubs. Spurs and, and Arsenal, Man United, Liverpool, and Spurs, Arsenal, Man United. Do you Liverpool. forget Chelsea exists, or is this before my time? No, no, no. Oh, I thought you meant like when Chelsea got uh, when City got rich. No, no, no. Oh, no, okay. this is like an oh, 80s Carl, thing, yeah. Who the fuck was the big five? Spurs, Arsenal, Liverpool? Spurs, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United, and Everton. It was Everton, of course. Yeah, it was, yeah. 
fuck, fuck. That's how old we are, lads. Just in case you were you were wondering, listeners, we are old enough, Carl Kopak and I, that we remember when Everton were part of the Big Five. It, it, big it, five was, yeah. a t- it was a top four when I was growing up. <laughs> and we were never in it. It absolutely really wants West Brom, Villa, Coventry, and Ipswich to be in the Premier League so it could be in 1978 again. Oh my God, that's what. Coventry yeah. in, the, in the top division. I, I, I used to love Coventry. Coventry in the top division in 1987 when they won the. Um... Yeah, they didn't go down. So, well, we, we sent them down, didn't we? 2001. Didn't come up back from that. Gary Max Galloway didn't celebrate. I was like that game. I think Cyril Regis might be my favourite ever non-Liverpool footballer, lads. Great, glorious human being. Yeah, my, my possibly my favourite ever non-Liverpool footballer because as a, a comparatively stocky gent, uh, when I was a kid, like I like I just used to look around and my 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 ties were twice the width of everybody else's. And I was like, am I weird? But then I'd look at Cyril Regis and go, no, I'm not weird. And uh, he gave me hope. Uh, and and I I styled myself much after his um um sort of bustling antics. Uh, I loved that kid. I absolutely loved him. Thought he was just a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful footballer. And he seems to have been a really good guy. And that is exactly how we're going to finish. I'm going to ask you who is your favourite ever non Liverpool footballer. Both of you, guy. I'm going to give you a little bit of time to think about it. Carl uh, Kapak's probably written about five articles about this. So I'm going to you first. Your favourite ever non Liverpool footballer, Carl. That's really hard. It um, is. I like some like some quite strange. I like. I really like Lato, who is the lad who finished their top goal scorer in the nineteen seventy four World Cup. Ball lad who played for Poland. I like people like that. I want to write about him one day, um, because he just looked great at World Cups. I did. I had no idea. I still don't to this day. I no idea who he played for, but he was completely bald, and not just in a sort of. <laughs> he was completely. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I, I, I'm right. it's, everyone check Instagram. I'm going to put a photo of Lato up. Okay. I just really liked him because he looked dead old. I'm I also like Pop Robson as well. I'm going to hang on, hang on. Hold the Pop Robson thought. I'm going to cut in here. I don't know if you boys, fuck's sake, there's no point in even asking Drinkle about this because he's too young. Shoot magazine used to be a thing. And I, I used to buy Shoot Magazine every week or it was bought for me. I can't remember how this worked. We didn't have a whole lot of money. Anyway, Shoot Magazine used to come into the, our house. Um, it was a, like a weekly treat. Uh, and the, they do a, pre, a player profile. And one of the players uh, one week was David Armstrong. He used to play for uh, Southampton. Now, David Armstrong was the boldest man ever. And when it came, you know, so what's your, who's your favorite player? What's your favorite color? It was stupid shit like that. And then it was nickname. And it said, it said, don't have one. So my, my brother and I thought that was his nickname. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking, I shit you not. So we were like, that's such a fucking weird nickname. Don't have one. <laughs> I've still got opinions of people because of those profiles. I remember when 100%. Paul Gavard was at Ipswich, and one of the questions, and they don't normally do this, it's like politics, and they said, oh, I'm very happy the Conservatives are in. And I just thought, I hate you. And I was oh, only about 10. <laughs> I thought, thank you. I will hate you for the rest of my life, just for saying that. Yeah, without, without looking at the, the Liverpool dressing room at the time. And oh, my, one of my favorite ones ever, which was... Um, because it's always like, you know, name your your fate, your best 11 of all time, which is always based on it. If they couldn't be bothered, they'd just say Brazil 1970. And so, so they said to Avi Cohen, the former Liverpool player, um, they, what, what is your best team? And he said, me and my family. And then they said in brackets, Avi misunderstood the question. 
I'll never forget that as long as I live. I love the way they couldn't be arsed explaining it to yeah. him so he could yes. get the right answer. That's amazing. I was up to put it on a postcard. I'll just fill up this fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my family. What? Oh, and also, they couldn't just take the question out. Let's put it in there. So. so, if I had to put you in the spot, brother, your favourite footballer. Oh, footballer he doesn't play for us. Non Liverpool jersey. Uh, oh, that's going to change every single day, though, isn't it? Best, best players never play for Liverpool. It's easy to say Zola, isn't it? I think just because he's he's incredibly likable. Fucking hell, man! I thought you'd just have amazingly one place to go with this. I'm gonna come back to you, guy. Yeah, go, yeah, go. I'm, I'm gonna come back. Uh, mine might be the most obvious answer in the world. It, it's Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho is not the most obvious answer in the world. It would be like Messi or no, 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 no. People my age who grew up, it's Ronaldinho. And what, like, just explain why, because there will be probably people who are actually young enough or weren't into football mm. and they don't really get it. Why? Because I, I fully get it, man. I fully get it. Explain to me why. I think football now, it it's almost robotic. Like Messi and Ronaldo a couple of years ago, they were too good. They were too, like it was robotically good. Ronaldinho was fucking mental. Like he could go from dog shit to doing something I've never seen even on like FIFA before like them goals against like Chelsea yeah. I was supporting Brazil in 2002 because of him yeah when he lobbed seam and I was clapping yeah I looked like a dickhead in, in uh, we were watching it in assembly but it was funny <laughs> <laughs> I love that <laughs> I was I think Owen scored in the first half and I was pissed off yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing because that just shows you like the 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 power of that, and also mm. ties in beautifully to our earlier conversation about uh, the English actually supporting England. Um, so Ronaldinho, just because of how outlandishly yeah. gifted he was, like uh, the only the only person I've seen in the flesh who made me just kind of wonder what was actually happening. Uh, who wasn't a Liverpool player was JJ Okacha. He, he was uh, my backup fans. <laughs> I I saw JJ a couple of times. Mm. Just like I was so close to him, it was it was remarkable. I was I was just watching him go. Oh, this kid just plays with joy mm. and 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 a and a talent that you can only dream of. And like you said, he can do things, mm. could do things. But but JJ, he would admit himself, is like Poundland Ronaldo. Yeah. Ronaldo. I've got another. Ronaldo. I've got another answer for this actually. Oh, go go for it, yeah. Yaya Toure. Oh, God, what a footballer. For 30, yeah. 30 seconds every game, he was the best player in history. Yeah. It was yeah. fucking unbelievable. And then but, for the rest of but, it, he but, just but, didn't but, do but, anything. It was like, what? <laughs> How but, did you do that? It, it, but it's as if he, t- he got the, the Messi and Ronaldo robotic switch, turned it up to 11. Yeah. And said, I, I'm better than these two as well, by the way. Yeah. And, and as you said, then he just... <laughs> He's just shit for the rest of the game. <laughs> if it, if it wasn't for Suarez in thirteen fourteen, that season by Toure would have been the best ever by a midfielder. I think so. Hey, fucking Jesus. Yeah, I think so. That's a great shout. That's a great. Yeah, yeah Toure is a great shout because I, I couldn't dislike him because he was so fucking good. I couldn't dislike him. I I, I like that a lot. Carl, you've had ages to think about it, man. Go on. Go Call, for it. Call, Call it really? Yeah, love him. Absolutely love him. He was the first person that I looked at for some green grass as well. Absolutely love Carlos Pio. 
Yeah. Just because um, great defender. He looks shit scary. He doesn't look like a Barcelona player. But more than anything, it's little things like the we they played um, Real Vallecano, uh, Spain's greatest team, in my opinion. And um, they won 7-1. And someone scored. It wasn't one of the big lads, but like it was like somebody was there for a year or something. Scored and celebrated by doing a little dance on the side. And Carlos Pio ran over, bollocked them, and pulled them back into the other half. And so basically said, don't be disrespectful. Yeah, you're gonna love that. <laughs> I love yeah. that. Yeah, I really, really like that. And the fact that he was, um, he was, he was just very, very fair and incredibly violent at the same time. And I love that. He, he should be a, a, a Roy the Rovers character. So I'm definitely gonna go for that. Love him. Fantastic. It also means, it also means I can link the article on Instagram later. <sighs> Smashing. I love it when it comes together. Well, I, th- I think, I think we're done. I think we can get out of here unless anyone's any last minute thing they need to shout about. So you know, okay, guy first. I was gonna say, seeing as I had nothing prepared during the pod, I have looked up a shit film. Excellent, go on. Fantastic, go for it. <clears throat> this is from Paris with Love, starring John Travolta. <laughs> That's already great. Oh, it's amazing, man! I've seen it. <clears throat> Quote: James, I'm sorry I spilled the sauce, the blood sauce. <laughs> Marvellous. You just can't get right like that anymore. And what we what we learned from this is Travolta can tell where the coke is by watching the eyes of the person he interrogates. Oh, it's amazing. It's amazing. By the way, just it's worth looking up just to see the get up on Johnny Travolta and that. He looks oh, absurd. It's fun. it's such a shit amazing film. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 and, and, and Travolta's been in a few of them, but that's, that's right up there. Yeah, lovely. Um, thanks for that, man. That's a bonus. I didn't see that coming. Uh, Carl, you were going to say you had something as well to finish out with? So I'm green grass on the ball. At the moment, there's a, a, I've got a green writer called um, Thor, uh, who just wrote in and said, can I write for you? And I said, yes, you can indeed. Um, and he's written a piece, a pretty brilliant piece about a man called, um, I'm not going to pronounce his surname probably, but it's, where are we going, Trap, with G-A-E-T. J E N S. Gaetan? Oh, yeah, Gaetan's, yeah. It's, it's a Belgian name, right? Yeah, it's a Belgian name, yeah. But he's actually, um, he was the player who scored the famous goal for America against England in 19, the 1950 That's World the Cup. Guy. That's um, the guy. And, um, and Thor's written about his, um, about what happened to him because he was, because he's Haitian. That, that 1950 American World Cup team, one lad couldn't play because he had to work the next day. So they literally—that's how amateurish they were. They're like, you know, he, and yeah, he, 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 he couldn't play because he had to, against Spain because he had to plan his wedding. And his basically his girlfriend said, "No, we've got to plan this wedding." And yeah, I'm going to the World Cup. I'm playing against Stanley Morse and Stanley Matthews and Billy Wright and Alf Ramsey and people like that. You can't. You can be put a wedding to plan. You know that, and they beat England. Uh, but the lad who scored the goal is really, really sad because he's Haitian. He, um, um, his brothers were quite rebellious and they went against Papa Doc, who was the um, the dictator there and he said to us and once um they weren't successful in their rebellion his brothers fled to cuba as most people did who who even stood against election against papa doc and um he said no they won't do anything to me i'm a sportsman and he was never seen after 1964 oh man this is an uh, an absolutely must read what a yeah. fascinating story that sounds like yeah. fantastic it's a great piece he's done it's a really really good piece and without without uh, blowing too much smoke uh, around the general vicinity of young Carpac can I just say that that is one of the most engaging 
um, football writing websites you can come across because the breadth of material is just tremendous. Um, and I don't think you could be a football fan and, and, and fail to be engaged by it. So do yourself a favor and have a look at some green grass and a ball. We should wrap it up. All your plugs and all that stuff in the next one. We will do one next week to do a bit of fill in because it's still going to be in the middle of, um, international uh, wilderness time um, and um, we'd like to talk to you so we'll see you next week at some point it may just be me and Carl doing a 200 if young guy is busy um, but one way or the other we will produce something for you um, Cam for the record is probably back in no man's land for a while um, so we may go back to our uh, scheduled idea of having some guests on um, depending on, on guys availability, because he's like, I've said a million times, the Swiss army knife of Anfield index. He's far too busy in far too many capacities. And I feel like it's a bit of an exploitation to ask him to come onto the show when he's producing it as well. So we'll see how we work it out, but there will and be. We do, we, do have, we do have Sadio before we ask Guy. I want everyone to know that. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah. Car- Carl Coppock made it clear that Sadio would be, uh, hosting next week's show. I I'm me, in fact, I'd rather he did it. Instead of me, yeah. Well, I'm glad you included yourself. You, <laughs> I was very much third in that list. I hope you noticed that. <laughs> oh yeah, clearly, clearly. Yeah. We did see the pecking order, Carl. Absolutely, yeah. we did see the pecking order. Uh, we should wrap it up. Uh, I have been Trev Denny. You heard Guy Drinkle. You heard Carl Kopak. That was the Anfield Index podcast. It will always be free to you. Uh, we enjoy doing it. Uh, we hope that you do enjoy listening to it. Pass it on to your friends. Uh, it's going to be a fascinating season regardless and why not enjoy it in our company we'd love to have you along for the ride word of mouth is wonderful so let people know Um, until we speak to you again be kind to your fellow Reds and stay safe out there Podcast Network.